1: boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, two returning guests and a new friend. As heard on the Swole Patrol podcast and the Jason Ellis Show here on Faction Talk, Mike Catherwood... As heard on the Church of What's Happening Now pod with Joey Diaz, Lee Syatt, and as seen on comedy stages, including the one he runs, the Dojo at the Sycamore Tavern here in Los Angeles. Hello and welcome, Trevor Kevelo.
2: Hi, Mike. I I love that. I love your opening
1: words. I, I forgot this guy's last name, but he's very funny. Do you know what's funny? <laughs> is I should know the name of the guy who uh, who said that. He's um one of the door guys at the comedy store. That's what they do is they'll let those guys go up and do a couple of minutes right. before the yeah. show starts. It's like cool, it's it's part of their thing. They groom the next generation of talent and since he was the guy doing three minutes at the beginning of a show for eight people, um, and then running back down to the door, he's I've actually seen him on like the main stage. Nice. At nice. so yeah. And presumably now he even remembers people's names. (laughs) One of these days when he's
3: like a Chris Rock figure, you could be like, hey,
1: listen to this tape I have of him not knowing my name. I'll get him on the show. Maybe that's how I'll figure out who he is. I'll get him on the show and be like, that is most definitely me. I I do love the the flip side of that is that there were at least four people in the audience who did remember my name. It sounded like the whole audience knew who you were. Well, it was four people. And the whole audience. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's one and the same. Not bad yeah. at all. They were all there for me, I guess. Uh, Lee, you uh, have been out in the sun with headphones on. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here, for,
2: for your listeners, I, I might sound svelte. It's not the case. I, I, and I have a trainer, and my buddy's always like, just go take a walk and go vitamin D. I spend most of my time inside. I go, out, I go out for one hour with headphones, and I. I, I The worst part about it, guys, I wasn't even listening to anything. I was just trying to like block out and like think about stuff. Yeah. I get back, don't even think about it. I go to a mic. Joey comes up to me and says, what's wrong with your face? I was like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> and, and the worst part is it's not going to turn into a tan like lovely Mike Cathwood over here. It's going to turn into just peeling, and then I'll be white again. Just red or white. That's I, all I have. I feel you. I understand.
1: God that. damn it you need to like reverse burn that cuz it's not the-
2: I really I just or I just have to walk around with headphones f- Maybe for a week you need to be that guy
3: for just all the time for, yeah. for, the, for on stage for summer
0: you, you need to use like spf like 80 or something
2: it doesn't here's the thing it doesn't work no? like it, it it'll make me not turn red yeah. but i won't i won't get brown it's a weird get-
3: thing because you would assume the jew would be a very good tanner you, like you yeah. wandered the desert for thousands of years, you would think that you would be.
2: My people didn't wander the desert. My people were hanging out inside in Egypt, waiting for it all to blow over. They were like... <laughs> 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 My people, I'm I'm, I'm Russian. I th- like I haven't even done the twenty three and Me stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't really get the point. But I'm all I'm like, I'm Russian and Lithuanian. I'm white as white can yeah, be. So you're, you're super I cool. need to stay inside.
1: I like I like it in here. It's nice in here. Well, you don't want to do twenty three and me anymore because they might connect you to um a serial killer. That's how they <laughs> caught that's how they caught the Golden State killer. Yeah, you know. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they um had DNA and they couldn't match it to anybody, but they um matched it to a family line on like a twenty three and me or an ancestry dot com and wow. then by that they said, Okay, who else is related that would have been living in California around the same time? Man, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Well, thank God I haven't
2: committed any crimes really. yeah
3: uh, I did the the fit DNA and I know that, that sounds meat heady but it's actually it was really cool it uh, it told me exactly like how tolerant I am to caffeine how tolerant I am to fat versus carbs huh. like uh, uh, what type of training is optimum for my skeletal frame and muscle build and stuff it was really it was Pretty fascinating. Huh.
2: But you're already nice. skinny. You already know you're already doing the right stuff.
3: Yeah, but I'm very vain. It's a chicken <laughs> egg. You can always turn it up a notch. It's a chicken egg thing, yeah.
1: yeah. He didn't yeah. get, you know, you got to be crazy in the first place to continue being that crazy.
0: I think if I took that, it would just say stop eating like a, like a pig yeah. and work out. That's it. That's all it responds with. Just stop eating and, and work out.
1: What else can it do? Because I feel like I have a lot of really strange things about my body that don't apply to other people, and I would love to have external validation that there's right. wrong I mean, with me. I I really found it <laughs> interesting. Like you'll you'll find
3: out like things like if you have a lot of if you're overwhelmingly slow twitch muscle, it'll then you it'll tell you you should be jogging and swimming, don't lift too much weight and sprint, hmm. or vice versa. Like a guy like me, it, it's like you know long distance running probably not going to do too well for you you should be doing a lot of like explosive movements and stuff like huh. and uh you know so you find out what's optimum for you yeah. and then also little things like uh like like i said like a higher fat diet might be appropriate versus like like a really carb laden diet yeah. and uh it it uh, kind of it comes off like super geeky but at the same time getting that kind of feedback was pretty cool i don't know i dug it huh. my wife is making fun of me endlessly for I don't think it's geeky. It just sounds like you, we can all finally be Ivan Drago. Yeah. <laughs> it, made, it That definitely made me feel like it. I, I was yeah. like, I am a machine. I am.
1: <laughs> well, it's the next logical step, Rex. I heard one time, I've repeated it endlessly, it's probably not true, but it sounds cool, that they say that right now in your phone for free you can have every single thing that used to be in the Sharper Image catalog. Like, there's some catalog they <laughs> found from the yeah. 80s. And, Radio Shack. And every <laughs> yes, single giant, funny. gigantic, uh, you know, calorie counter thing that costs $300 is now a free app in your phone. So maybe the next logical step is that we can all be Ivan Drago with our phone.
3: It's only a matter of time before, I mean, because my dad just turned 75. And although he is by no means the pinnacle of physical health, uh, he's like a normal man. He moves around perfectly. His brain is clear and mm. acute. And when I just when I was a kid, you told me someone 75, I was like, "Oh, they're in a walker. They're they're eating, you know, mush at the old folks home." And so if just in 30 years things have transformed this much, it's not going to be that long before it's expected for us to be like in our 90s, maybe even breaking the three digits, you know. Now, I don't know. Mm. Like I, I,
2: everyone in this room has a pretty
3: decent life.
2: Do you want to live to be 90? I feel I like that's know. a little I bit do, much, I don't know. I
3: want to live to be 90 if it's a sweet 90 cuz yeah. you every once in a while you see those dudes on the news who are like still swimming to Alcatraz and that's, fucking yeah. their wife and all that cool Getting stuff. bombed on the weekends. Right. Yeah. They, they just like they full head of hair that they slick back yeah. and like a nice, you know, corduroy jacket with elbow patches. I but then, you know, that's obviously I don't want to do it if any amount of my life is shitting myself.
1: There's a certain amount of, like, how old are you, Lee? 29. Right. There's the reason why you're the guy who said that, because, like, I, I, I Trevor, how old are you?
0: I just turned 40.
1: Okay, right. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'll be 41. Like, now I, do you do the same thing that I do when I read that so-and-so, some notable figure died, and they were, like, 65 yeah, yeah. you start doing that I'm calculus like, of like, oh wait, but <laughs> like the
0: count on, and
1: it's not like yeah, they uh, accidentally got hit by a train in their bedroom, like they no. died of an actual thing, yeah. that blocked artery. Yeah, yeah, exactly, heart attack, and it's, it's a well, yeah. it's a well-to-do person who presumably went to doctor. You know, like when somebody dies of cancer, and you're like, this person didn't go untreated; they probably had the best of the best, and it still got yeah. them. Uh-huh. When Lee you're talking about 60 years in the future, I understand why you don't want 60 years, but when you start talking about 20 years, 25 years, my dad always says, my dad is a, a a very fatalistic kind of person who wants to live to be 100, somebody who's 99.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, see uh, like that's that's why I went on this walk. I'm about to be 30 and I've been <laughs> freaking out. Everyone makes fun of me. I've been freaking out for like
3: a year. Like there's people who die at 30, 32. Yeah.
2: That's what I'm trying to work yeah, it out. Yeah,
3: Dude, that's all genetic. As far as like dropping dead, because we all know the guy who's a giant fat fuck, or is, my, look, my grand, all my grandparents lived in their nineties. Every one of them destroyed their body on a daily basis. All yep, rampant absolutely. alcoholism, and yeah. they ate nothing but like the most you know lard laden Mexican food every day, and uh, and they all lived to their nineties. And then we've all heard of the you know heart surgeon who's a triathlete who drops dead when he's forty five. Yeah, I, I think. Uh-huh.
2: It, it it's 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 really you can add to your quality
3: of life by you know slimming down or whatever but
2: absolutely but i had I had an aunt who was like a vegetarian worked out well like the skinniest person I've ever seen, and she passed away like a year ago because of cancer and it's just like it almost like it whenever I get like oh why am I working out? maybe I should just eat whatever I want it doesn't matter but i i know it does in my head that I should get healthier. But whenever you hear about a healthy person passing away at, like, 35, you're like, "What? Yeah. what's
0: even the point? It throws you
2: off completely.
3: I wouldn't worry about longevity too much. As, as more, more more, I'd worry about just quality of life. I
0: was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, every day how you feel. Yeah. I feel okay right now. Yeah. See, I believe I've cracked the code on
1: this, because that's always been the conundrum, is this guy took care of himself, ran marathons, and still dropped dead. I think the secret on average, to living a long life is not really like worrying about dying. Right. If you can smoke all the time and drink all the time and legitimately just never contemplate your own mortality, I think you have a decent chance of pulling that off for a very long time. I suspect that the reason, this is probably not correct, but the reason why the ultra marathoners who are vegans who still die is because they were doing it because they were preoccupied with the sense of their own Maybe. mortality, and uh, they, in a yeah. roundabout sort of way, willed themselves, like, reverse placebo effect cancer themselves. According to, you know... So the, tr- the trick is to not be worried at all about dying, which, yeah. Lee, is, you're, you're already out. I'm not worried about dying. <laughs> I'm worried about everything else,
2: though. Everything else stresses me out. I need... Like, I just started therapy, like, six months ago, and I actually love it. Like, I... I, I, I was against her for a long time but it like it's it's weird like I don't even have that big of a problem but just the act of saying it like halfway through saying it I'm like oh yeah this is not that big of a deal but it's just at least now it's not in my head
0: at least I said it to someone and she agrees with you it's nice yeah. an hour yeah. a week so like yeah yeah it yeah, does suck and I'm like, finally oh, a, a woman that agrees with us I know <laughs> look <laughs> at that I mean she's 200 bucks an hour but you know so, yeah. you, so you really just need a sycophant
1: yeah I, I you need <laughs> a
2: yes man that's I would love that I would if anyone do
1: email me Twitter me I could How much there. you pay her? Give me half. I'll hang out with you for an hour and go. Yeah, fuck that guy. I, okay, here's, <laughs> I'm the asshole. I'm paying 500
2: bucks a month for insurance right now. So my oh my, my pay is only 30 bucks a, a week when I go. But I'm like, I, I have the best. Yeah, insurance. but it's 5:30, really. Yeah. I mean, I said no. It's like 6:20. If I go four, I go four times a month. I'm not
1: good
3: for you. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: oh yeah. I expected a better health care plan from Joey Diaz's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's... It's weird. There's like we've all been in
2: L.A. for a while. Yeah. I I started my career here as a TV editor, and they don't have any benefits. The best benefit to this day that I ever got from a job was when I worked at a movie theater in high school. You got free movies. Yeah, that's that's, that's awesome. the only I, benefit I've ever. Got. I've never my gotten first health. Job.
3: Oh, I loved it. I, loved I would it. say that's really. Uh, you tell me if you agree, Tully. It when it comes to the entertainment industry being talent in the entertainment industry that's the only upside to being in radio is that radio is a job you get benefits and you have a you know you have a place to go to work and that it's relatively stable you know there's there all the all the other stuff that comes along with having a job and a career a lot of times if you're you know a fly-by-night actor or if you're you know a musician you could be even successful you don't get like the other stuff that comes with having a career in radio you get Benefits and like
1: spoken like huh. a professional entertainer who's had opportunities outside of radio.
3: I, I guess I don't know. I mean, more so, more so, Wham. like more so, like talking to other people like Lee. You know, like the yeah. hearing about these guys that they're like, oh, I'm non-union, but I'm a cameraman. I was like, you just work twenty hours. I yeah. watched you do it. That's you insane. don't have health insurance. That's how, how is that possible? I was like, insurance. oh, I, you know, it's just the way it is. No benefits. No. It's yeah. uh, it's not
2: fair. I mean, th- you uh, we're sitting with two radio people who have had. I'm not, I, I don't want, I'm trying not to use the word lucky because it's not luck. It's totally luck. A lot of it is. But there's, but there's a lot of radio people. I'm here people. entirely because of luck. Okay. Well, there's a lot of radio people who don't, like, you You guys have had dec- at least more than a decade and definitely more than a decade mm-hmm. careers where, like, my dad was in radio. He moved around. He he was in St. Louis, Chicago. He was in Dallas for a little bit. You Like, it's. Do you still get those benefits if you're just like a oh a fill-in guy on the weekend, or do you have to have like a successful show?
3: I think you have to have some level of yeah. of like uh, presence at a at a station. Um, I don't think like part-time guys on the air do. But I, I I guess like I look at it too, like like my wife who's an actress, she really didn't get health care and coverage until she was. Fifteen years into her career, <laughs> and she was like a successful working actress. It was yeah. you know it was a long time before she was comfortable. Just like oh, I, I got sick, I better go to the doctor. I broke an arm or whatever. And yeah. it's not
2: free. Like right before I, I went full time with Joey, I had I had amassed enough hours to join the editors guild. So I went down there for a meeting, and I was going to do it. It's thousands of dollars a year. You're still paying for something. Yeah. Yeah. But at least at least it, it looks better. You get to say I'm part of the guild.
4: Yeah.
1: So. um... Uh, Mike and Lee, you and I are uh, putting together a comedy show. Woo! Yeah. That's going to be happening uh, a couple days from now by the time people hear this on Tuesday, May 15th at uh, the Sycamore Tavern at the dojo here in Los Angeles. going to be a great show so far. We've announced Whitney Cummings and- Theo Vaughn. Theo Vaughan and Christina yeah. P. And, uh, and ourselves. And uh, the thing that unites the three of us um, outside of our- uh, so far, inability to do stand-up comedy. Yeah, is that we are sidekicks on the radio? Sure. So I thought that perhaps we could talk about some of the great sidekicks in history. I'd love to.
3: Um, did any come to mind for you? Top of the list for me is Andy Richter. Ah, uh, yes. I think he's like like uh, about as good as it gets when it comes to kick-ass sidekicks. Yeah. He's
1: yeah, a- I think he he's the one where sometimes I think I like him better than maybe
0: the guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a product of Chicago land. He's from the sticks. Oh, really? Yeah, he's from I think Oswego, which is about f- an hour west of Chicago. Yeah. He seems
3: like it. Yeah. <laughs> there's a cool guy that thing that. that comes yeah. with Chicago area guys, you Thank know. Thank you. They, I appreciate it. There's that. like a like a <laughs> like a likability factor.
1: Well, it's the only I think um identifiable big city vibe that isn't associated with being a complete asshole. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Right. Because you yeah. think about the Chicago people you're talking about, your uh, your your Bill Murrays mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Just yeah. Chicago's the only major city in America that isn't a humongous bunch of pricks. I would agree with that, yeah. It's close
2: I, enough to the Midwest that they still have exactly. a little bit of niceness in yeah. them. It's
3: unfair, though, oftentimes when I hear people lump, uh, they'll say, like, oh, he's an L.A. guy. Because- I challenge most people to actually meet someone from Los Angeles. Like I'm a real goji berry, a yeah. rare and cherished gem. That you are, you <laughs> most most guys, goji especially g- people that they look at and put on this pedestal of douchebaggery, are from some other place and yep. they came to L. A. to make it and, and they got on some reality show and exactly. acted like a gigantic asshole. Yeah,
0: and they get all Hollywood. Uh huh.
3: That's not to say that there aren't plenty of homegrown pricks here, but yeah. I'm I'm saying there it, it's weird sometimes because I'll get it. You know, I I hear people bemoan a lot of times, like, oh, well, there was a bunch of these Hollywood douchebags, and they did this and that. And I was They're like, everywhere. That yeah. guy's from Boston. The oh, other guy's from Kansas. That guy's from everywhere. fucking Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, screw you. fucking
1: everywhere. It, see, that's so interesting, because I always say the exact opposite. Is it just because you work on Sunset Strip that you run into the
0: douchebags? Uh, actually, the, the place now isn't really as Hollywood as it used to be. Um we get a much more low key clientele. I, I think that's why I, I like don't. it there. Yeah. It's very yeah,
3: laid back. I don't it's I don't v- yeah, for the most exactly. part.
1: And you, you see them, you, you notice and that's my point. I think they do kind of stand out because I've had this theory, I've said it a million times here, that there's like a certain kind of person that you only find yeah. in a certain kind of city, so they get identified <laughs> with that city that does it's like the mass hole. Yeah. You know, yeah. that guy's identified with Massachusetts. I'm sure there's plenty of nice people in Massachusetts. Lee, yeah. you're from there. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. thank you. You're not a masshole. <laughs> I, I try not to, but
2: it's it's there's a weird feeling in L.A. Like I feel like everyone's here, it, unless you were born here and you're not in the entertainment industry. But if you're living here, you're kind of focused on yourself a lot. Yeah, you have to. Be. And it, yeah, exactly. You do have to be. Yeah. But it 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 breeds just like kind. Not even. Like, I don't even see them as assholes. I just see like they just don't consider anybody else. Like, oh, I'm going to run up Laurel Canyon and swerve in right at the end instead of waiting in line. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm going to park here even though it says only for this restaurant and now no one else can park. It, there's a certain amount of yeah. just- there
3: like, is the rules don't apply to me. Yeah, yet, you know, that's, mentality. Not, not a lot of yeah. team players. No. I, I think a lot of it is that could be, you know, it's a product of the fact that it's so fucking spread out. Yeah. It's hard to be, like, neighborly yeah. in a place that's the size of most states, you know?
2: That's true. Plus, it's just- I don't know if you guys have experienced it, but like when I first moved here, I remember I was, I came here with my mom to look at places cause I was going to be here for a summer and everyone was not, ni- it seemed like they were nicer. Like in Massachusetts, when you got, went to get a coffee, they weren't mean to you, but they were. Going about their business, here yeah. they'd smile and be, ooh, and they kind of trick you with it, and then <laughs> <Tricky>. <laughs> at, yeah, at they trick you. Typical they producers. Do. No, this is really true. Whenever yeah. they're in front of you, or if they, if you can help them with anything, they're like, "Oh, uh-huh. you're my favorite person." Yeah. why Let me get you a water, and then as soon as you leave, they're like that fucking asshole. I and, and then they try to steal your gig whatever. Like it's just, it's a very selfish town. Sometimes. I do think the yeah.
3: Midwest is uh, the best we have to offer here in the good old. U.S. of A. Yeah, I, I would put the the Midwesterners like if I had to make some them. World's Fair of people, and we had to bring representatives of Americans. I would. I oh, would that and, uh, yeah, my, my wife
1: grew up in Wisconsin. Yeah, and, oh, and right. we're in Wisconsin. She uh, she's well, she's from Japan, but she grew up in she moved to Milwaukee when she was four. Oh, Milwaukee. And now I can kind of like identify, you know, like mm. when I just yeah. meet a solid dude. Yeah. And it's usually not in entertainment, because I have two L.A.s now. I have my professional life, which is a lot of entertainment, but my personal life is my raising kid life, so there's mm-hmm. just a bunch of de- – and pretty much invariably, like, a guy from Milwaukee is a guy who will help you move.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep. A, like, my – I I, yep. I would – uh, that's the best – for me, the best way I'd sum it up is if we had to do some weird, you know – Physical job. No, like, no, some weird, yeah. strange – um. Procession of the world's population, and it, okay. like almost like the opening ceremony of the Olympics, but it was for people, like yeah. like the Olympics for good people. Yeah, and every country had to send over three hundred thousand people. I would just, I would go straight to the Midwest and just gather them and completely yeah. avoid coastal towns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I speak from experience. So, one
1: time we invited a friend who was from um, the Midwest to a Super Bowl party, and on his way over, this is a long story. We decided to move. And so he showed up for a Super Bowl party, and we're like, change of plans, we're moving to a different apartment (laughs) right, like, today.
3: (laughs) That was a very L.A. move of you.
1: (laughs) Well, well, the thing is, we took an apartment, and then as soon as we started putting our shit in, we realized that our stuff was not going to fit, and there was one more unit in the same building that was open. So we called our guy desperately, and like, please give we don't care, I mean, we had to pay a little extra, but our shit wasn't going to fit. And so he's like, yeah, go ahead, and yeah, a guy showed up for a Super Bowl party at our house, and we said, no, you're actually helping us move around the corner and yeah guy never said a peep he just moved we took him out for pizza afterwards and it was all good yeah, see pizza I wouldn't have said anything either yeah. but we would not be friends still I'd be like you know, you're gonna make me move
0: lose my number yeah. I'm blocking you you
1: know moment. it's funny I'd never actually thought I'd, I'd never spoke to him again after that <laughs> <laughs> and there's the LA in me that I yeah. was so completely or he never spoke to I was you. so completely uh, oblivious yeah, no, he he unfriended me. Ah, <laughs> oh, So yeah, I put together a list of some of the great sidekicks in history. Um, Tonto is probably the guy oh. who was who comes to mind for me. He's yeah, a dude who pretty was pretty gangster, almost yeah. almost indisputably better than the
3: Lone Ranger. Yeah, yeah, right. The Lone Ranger was corny. Yeah. A lot of you know his weird sayings, and he it was posturing. Tonto was just dark and yeah, got the job done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think I think Tonto did some really, really evil shit. He, yeah. he was mafia, yeah. Yeah, and the Lone he, he Ranger just, done. while he was asleep, woke up like a baby, had no idea the dirty work that Tonto was actually doing. Yeah, tra- yeah. Tonto was off He's tor- up the torching <laughs> villages. <Yeah>. <laughs> <Sparing> <laughs> him in the desert. Well, that's a very racist take on what was already <laughs> in and of itself an incredibly racist character. Let's move on. Uh, um, Art Garfunkel is probably the worst sidekick of all time.
3: Oh, I disagree. Uh. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying Garfunkel's good, but the worst, <laughs> the worst is Robin. Robin's the Robin's shitty, so shitty. What's wrong with Robin? He's just like Batman's twink. Yeah. He, oh I mean, yeah. You know yeah. he doesn't. Hey. Batman do does not need him at all. And notice in the, all the Christopher Nolan movies. We see Robin once, we, you're like alluded to this guy may be Robin. There's no Robin necessary to go around and kick ass. Batman takes care of everything all by himself. He's a billionaire ninja. Robin's <laughs> just some like minuscule bitch.
0: That's true you know, what Robin is. What? That's his side boy. Oh yeah. That's, yeah, he, that's he's like, When hey. no one's looking, Robin's uh, lighting
3: fireworks in his Speedo. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Co- Cosmo? Yeah. Cosmo. Okay.
1: From Boogie Nights. <laughs> he's Chinese. Chinese. He's kind of like the original Rent Boy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, just, I say Batman dresses him up, buys him all
3: of his shit, yep. and g- basically gets his company. And has to night. give him like tutelage on top of it. Half the time, I mean, there is, I don't know about in the in the other movies, because I haven't seen too many of the Batmans outside of the Christopher Nolan ones, but in the old school TV show, there was definitely points where Batman would have to stop whooping ass oh, yeah. and go talk to yeah. Robin about like how he was incompetent. and He's
1: you know. <laughs> an act of liability. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do yeah, you think right. the plan I'm trying was, to though. save the world, and yeah. they've also tied up Robin. Robinson.
0: <laughs> I'm Thanks. not getting enough attention. Yeah,
1: thank you, Boy Wonder. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, are, are you, but Art Garfunkel is terrible. Yeah, he he sucks. I mean, he's he really, sucks <laughs> bad. Is yeah. there really, anybody want to offer a dissenting opinion on Art Garfunkel? Uh, Jazzy
3: Jeff might be another shitty one. Oh,
1: Jazzy Jeff had a tough.
2: He always what kept happened, getting thrown man? out of the out of the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: parallel to the ground, like fully <laughs> getting just chucked out like a like a baby.
1: Yep. Jazzy Jeff must have had some I've honestly thought about this, that it's entirely possible that Will Smith just wanted to be cool to his friend and do right by him, and he's a loyal dude, but based on what I think we've kind of found out about uh, Will Smith and what yeah. we can speculate about and the nature of his relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith, is it possible that just Jazzy Jeff saw some stuff backstage at a Parents Just an not Understand concert? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And at this point, blackmail. Will Smith is now just keeping his enemies closer? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: I hope so, because that, <laughs> like, that's, that's a solid. great career just for seeing some shit.
3: Need, yeah. Don't yeah, talk about don't it. i put you saw. on a sitcom.
1: That is the most advantageous friendship that ever
3: existed, right? I don't know. Carolla and Kimmel.
1: Yeah, but they're both talented. Yeah, that's true. And I'm, yeah. I is mean, wildly I'm, talented. I'm sure fucking yeah. Jazzy yeah. Jeff rips it up on the turntables, don't get me wrong, but how far is that really going to get you?
3: No, you're right. I mean, he got he was on one of the most popular sitcoms of the 90s for like 10 seasons because he was a guy's DJ in the Summertime video. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. Love the video, by the way. Oh, great.
1: <laughs> uh, let's
3: see. Tattoo from Fantasy Island. I wish I could say I knew enough about him to comment, but I'll leave this to you. I. I don't know. I always remember he used to say the plane, the plane. Yeah. I don't know how good or no. Bad you know, he was. you
1: know, you know. All one dimensions. <laughs> that's, <laughs> it. Yeah, that's, that's it. You it. That's it. knew his role. That's exactly he his role. what he did. Whatever creepy things you you think uh, Bruce Wayne may have been <sighs> up to with Robin, you can speculate even more wildly about uh, Mister Rourke and tattoo. Ooh.
3: Okay, I'll go with it. Yeah, is that him?
1: I'll, I'm sure.
2: I feel like this list is very prejudiced against the 29 year olds in the room.
3: That's true. Yeah. <laughs> true. Well, I mean, you got Andy Richter, and after that, you were out. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. That
1: and Robin. Lee, take a shot at Lenny and Squiggy. Oh, see? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> 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 Not really. I went through an EW list of the greatest sidekicks of all time. They are actually more classic uh, wacky neighbors.
3: Yeah. Okay. When I think that. a sidekick, I think that, like, your indispensable partner that yeah. you need to.
1: Yeah.
0: Rerun from What's Happening?
3: Rerun was pretty sick. He was dope, man. Yeah. He
0: had moves. Come on, no it's one funny because like everybody
1: re-run. likes rerun, but actually, what what was he good for?
3: That sweet dance. Yeah, and, that's and, all I need. Yeah. He had a beret. Oh, yeah, the beret. Black man in a beret. You're either one of those uh, <laughs> guardian angel? guardian angels, <laughs> yeah. or yeah, he was the least fit guardian really angel dope. of all time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Larry from Three's Company was. That was a really weird era in TV where like uh, a 50 year old balding man could be a swingin' bachelor.
3: Yeah, Larry Dallas was a strange one, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like you said, I mean, if you had the gift of gab, a little charisma, you could go a long way.
1: Are we sure Larry really had the gift of anything? I don't know. He was always was trying. That really, to... what it was like dating in the seventies? Because let's uh, ask Lee. Just i <laughs> will <laughs> have to call my mom and ask her. Do you know? What, do
2: you even know what Three's Company is? I'm, I know it's a TV show. That's about it. Wow. Is it on Netflix? I mean, give, me a little, give me a little bit. Give me cra- I've been watching it's Cheers on and it's Frasier. On YouTube. Yeah, Larry, yeah, honestly, on YouTube.
3: Three's Company is one of the most bizarre yeah. TV shows ever, especially given today's kind of climate. In order to nab a awesome uh, apartment in Santa Monica, Jack Tripper has to convince the landlord that he's gay because he wouldn't allow a straight man to live with two women. So he just pretends to be gay to live with two women so that he could get this awesome deal on a great apartment. So he can rent a
1: room from Craigslist.
3: Yes. See, I, it's, like, it's now, still,
2: now I want to watch the show. That sounds like a funny it's show. Incredible. Wait, and he has was, to like was, pretend he's gay in front of the landlord amazing. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And,
3: uh, and he really hams it up. He's all yeah. like, "Hi, <laughs> Mr. Roper." Yeah.
1: And he's super horny, so there's constantly like women coming over that he's dating, and then the I landlord shows up yeah. and he's got to and he's got to flip it on a dime because he's not just not gay, he's really incredibly
3: straight. He's it's, he's like laying pipe. <laughs> All day,
2: <laughs> but gotta, not with his roommates. I gotta be no. honest though. He's, Santa Monica has some rent-controlled apartments. I might pull that. I might do the same thing just to get a good apartment in Santa Monica. I but, just
1: realized there was one bathroom, right? That he was sharing with those
3: two there women. There was one bathroom. Oh, yeah, that's
2: disgusting. Yeah. Two
1: bedrooms, one bath. I mean, that's really that's 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 worse than the fact that he was pretending to be gay. That's just no way <laughs> to live. And you know, it's funny that wasn't even the only sitcom of the era that had that premise because "Bosom Buddies," right? Was yeah. essentially was two. Well, guys. that was like
3: they had to be drag. They,
1: they, had, to be, they been, had to be, well, they had to be women in yeah. order to live in a, It's like somebody, whichever one got on the air first, so it was like, okay, you know the show with the, the guy who's pretending to be gay? How about this? They're pretending to be women. Completely different show, launched the career of Tom Hanks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Another was, one, I what, what was that Robin Williams movie? Birdcage. I saw that. Does that does that get me back in the game a little bit? No. I know. It. it was from like yeah. 1987. God damn it. It was closer. I think it's it from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Is it really?
3: Yeah. 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 It it feels Ro- older. If you would have said Mork and Mindy. Oh, I, ju- uh, I did go. love Mork and Mindy. Mork and point. Mindy was great.
1: Let's just make this does Lee know who they are?
2: I'm going to lose this entire game.
1: Uh John Oates from Hall & Oates. Wow. Oh.
2: So John, John Oates. Oates sucks. Sucks. I feel like I should just leave right <laughs> John now. John Oates sucks.
1: No, 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 no. Daryl Hall sucks. What? Daryl Hall is the
3: most soulful white man on earth.
1: That is actually true. I hate to admit that because he seems like a, a really um, insufferable douche.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has feathered hair and he's a dick, but he rips. Like, yeah. It's hard to deny.
1: I listened to the the Soul Station here in L.A., and there's only two white artists that they play, Madonna and Hall and & Oates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised to hear you guys say
2: that they don't seem nice because like, my introduction to Hall & Oates was two people here literally say whenever they get depressed, they just turn on Hall & Oates and it makes them happy again. So it sounds like, and when I listen, it sounds like it's a beat. It's like it, it. I like. I I didn't see. I have no idea what they look like.
3: He well, Daryl Hall is. He would be the worst stepdad ever. He's like <laughs> he's that guy, like yeah. the leather jacket, sunglasses indoors, fully feathered, like long. Okay, I'm seeing
1: why
2: I blonde <laughs> hair.
3: He's that guy, and then John Oates is Baba Booey. Ah,
1: uh, except that. Uh, Daryl Hall is about six foot four, and John Oates is about four foot four. That's an odd couple, there. Yeah, yeah. Um... John Oates sucks. <laughs> what do you say that? I'm, I'm, because it's so funny. I don't know why. I, I just have always assumed over the years that it was this long suffering thing that he, him putting up with Daryl Hall was the internal dynamic. Of.
3: I, I just feel like Daryl Hall can go tour on his own and be perfectly fine, and John Oates can't, yeah. that's
1: all. No, John Oates on <laughs> tour is yeah. literally just 30 seconds of guitar, and then, Wah! Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> and so I just, I, you know, I don't... Which is more than Andrew Ridgely can do.
3: No one's going to argue that.
1: Do you so, know, you're the only person in the room who knows who Andrew... Oh, I, I, well, Andrew, Lee doesn't. Trevor? It's, who? Andrew Ridgely. Andrew, Andrew Can't even pretend.
0: Ridgely, Ridgely, no.
1: The second luckiest uh, friend after Jazzy Jeff, he was the other half of uh Wham!
0: Oh, wow.
2: Okay, it's not looking good for the sidekicks. So, like yeah. everyone you're picking, like this guy's a jerk.
1: I hate this guy. Uh, Andrew originally was just happy to be there. <laughs>
3: I don't think there's a lot of kick-ass sidekicks. I mean, there is kick-ass ones. Yeah. Like who? I, uh, Andy Richter came to mind. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, Paul Schaefer was kick-ass. Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon was a Ed kick-ass McMahon. American. Okay, yeah. this is, okay, wait. Yeah, he was. I've got both of them on my list, but I'd like you to strongly defend either. Ed McMahon was a World War II veteran that actually saw battle. Okay, that puts him way high on the list already, uh, and that earned him a right of just being an alcoholic on a couch. Yeah,
0: yeah that's cool.
3: Uh, and <laughs> back then he uh, I mean, still he cool. he stayed in his lane. I understand he didn't add much to the show, but <clears throat> Johnny Carson came off as a guy that probably didn't want anyone to talk while he was talking, or uh-huh. sa- uh, is certainly not steal any thunder. If he had like a great punchline, I'm pretty sure. He would have got a talking to if he would have stole the laughs even once from Johnny. So I feel like he, you know, he was perfectly innocuous. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I think that's a good point about sidekicks and or just being on the right. Like, in general, it's very obvious when people do a bad job and people are trying to over talk over the host or 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 steal thunder. But it it sounds weird, but it's like it's important to know your lane and to know where you're supposed to come in or where like where your spot is. And Almost, if you do it well, you kind of get forgotten a little bit, which is fine. But it's it's very glaring when it's done poorly. The other, the
3: opposite is way worse. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Stepping on on, you know, like get the tailback that maybe doesn't get twenty carries a game. He gets five or six, but you know he gets six yards every time. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Yeah. If you're not something to write home about. The tailback that runs into the quarterback. Yep. That's a real, <laughs> real big problem. Right. You know. <laughs> When I was a kid,
0: I looked at Ed McMahon as the muscle. He's just a big guy on a couch. That if anything ever went down, I bet you he was Ed McMahon could fuck shit up. I, I bet you for sure. He just yeah. he just looked. He just had that look, that glare. After he was a that, giant man. Yeah, yeah. After that third or fourth, you know, gimlet, he just kind of starts to. <laughs> <laughs> you see the the eye quiver, and it's like, oh shit, he's starting to turn.
3: <laughs> he kicks her ass and then stands over and goes, yes.
0: <laughs> Would he really
2: drink on air?
1: Because uh, I've seen I've, I've seen, uh, seen uh, my dad and my mom time.
2: The Rat Pack would. I don't know.
3: Yeah. if
1: At a certain point in time, definitely. Yeah. And then wow. I think the question would be when the liquor cart went away and was replaced by coffee mugs, what was in each individual's yeah. coffee mug? Yeah. I think that's the whole question. I don't know the answer to that. When I was a kid, I was fully It's interesting that you're a very like mainstream person when you're really little and you just, you know, yeah, yeah dude, fucking, uh, you know, the Humpty Dance, Wamba, this is all awesome stuff. <laughs> and then you get a little bit older and you become a little bit more discriminating. I really took it for granted that Johnny Carson is just this, he's like America's grandfather and he's the guy that you go to sleep with at night and the more I find out, I'm pretty sure that he was just like a really cold son of a bitch and that that was fairly obvious if you watched the show and that any person with, any discriminating person kind of could have figured that out. I don't think I would have liked
3: him. He was legendarily hard on comics. Yeah. He was really How's that? Um, He would... Sometimes if he didn't like you he wouldn't even put any int- effort into the intro and then um only like like a select few i mean like really like 5% of comics that performed got the chance to then come over to the couch, the couch yeah. he would bless you with being able to actually talk know, to him i know that was the, well, and there was a That's couple huge, different yeah. levels of it cuz there was
1: the he could give you like the wink and the thumbs up yeah. which meant johnny approves but that doesn't not so much so that you get to come over on the couch right. it's also odd because we know how talk shows work nowadays that you just have certain minutes slotted and I just wouldn't think that any host nowadays would even have the discretion to say right. Cause if I invite you over to the couch that means we're going to do a couple minutes on the couch yep. it's only 45 minutes of airtime without commercials you've really just thrown the plan out the window by doing that I know Johnny had that power but I just can't believe that a talk show could function like, did they just bump like fucking the animal trainer because Johnny liked the comic that night
3: no that's a good question oh. I mean I, I did they have that kind of leeway on network television I mean like could they just maybe add well, in did. some commercials? But sure, exactly. well, they did yeah. Yeah. used to
1: do that, right? And you, I guess you don't really see that anymore because that was Kimmel's big joke, right? Was that he was bumping Matt Damon all yeah. the right, time yeah, when so he yeah. wasn't even there? Because that <clears> used to be a thing. Is we just didn't have time to talk to so and so. We'll have him back here soon. So yeah,
3: I well they, that they, is they is did. What they happened. did do it. Uh, that's why it used to be so much more important that like you got top if you were the first guest. That was what, you know, that was reserved for Jack Nicholson. And then the second guest was the TV actor. And then the third guest was always the animal trainer, fill in the blank or whatever, because the closer you got to the end of the show, the more of a chance you had to getting bumped. Yeah, if Rodney
1: Dangerfield was bringing the
2: heat that night, you were never going to be out on the stage. Well, the most important thing when it comes down to all this is just entertainment value. And we've all dealt with quote-unquote celebrities or well-known people, and there's some of them that are very nice, But there are some of them who are very entertaining, they're very popular, but as soon as the cameras go off or the microphones stop recording, they don't even look at you or they're on their phone or they're And it it was kind of like what we were talking about earlier, how everyone's very self-obsessed and you you want to get mad at them, but you can also understand it a little bit. Yeah, it's a job. It's a job and these guys have mastered what they've mastered and they just don't care about anyone else anymore. (laughs) It's just like, I'm here to be funny, I'm here to be an actor. I'm here to be the host of The Tonight Show. I know how it should... like Say what you want about Leno, or I, I, I know Fallon's pretty popular now. I don't think there will ever be anyone else like Carson who will have that run.
1: No,
3: well, they can't be. No, they yeah. can't be. There's, There's just too much, too much TV now. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's he had so true. much
1: power. I mean, over just if you're talking strictly of the comedy world, he was the kingmaker. Yeah. It's yeah. all there was, too. Is if you'd been on The Tonight Show, you could go headline Vegas. And then once you'd headline Vegas, you could go everywhere else. And yeah. if you didn't have that, good luck. Well, that was, yeah. wasn't that? I don't know if it was Carson or it might have been Leno. I don't
2: know the timeline that well. But the story that I've heard recently is that Roseanne was a struggling comic in L.A. Went in front of Mincy in the original room. She took her immediately to the main room, mm-hmm. and then in the main room there was a talent scout for the Tonight Show. I forget, I don't know who the host was, but it was still at a time where that mattered. And within a week, she was touring
0: the country, headlining, yeah. selling I places out. That's pretty accurate. I read something very
3: similar to that. There's, there's, yeah. there's a lot of those stories. I mean, Dice yeah. has a pretty kind of yeah. He had a, one mega performance, I believe, at the Friars Club or somewhere. Like it just a, an, an insane out of this world performance that got him on Tonight Show. After that, it was it was gangbusters. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, I think it's a lot of overnight stories, decades in the making. Right, it's like yeah. Andrew Dice Clay. I can recall. When he got really big, seeing him on a rerun of I want to say different strokes as like the bully in yeah. school, oh and he was and I God, remember he was just yeah. billed as Andrew Clay, how yeah. oh funny, and this is pre leather jacket, yeah, and I know Roseanne and people forget about this now um I mean, put yourself in her shoes, she was. She did have a unique perspective because she was married with children and out doing stand-up comedy. And now there's the Amazon show, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. But really, imagine being like... I can't. Not not dabbling, not one night a week, one night a month. No, I'm actually going to go out there and really, really do this. And the strain that puts on your family to chase a career doing fucking stand-up comedy as a middle-aged lady in the middle of nowhere... Then you go to Hollywood. Right. Yeah. No, I can you get the then you get that shot. Although I who was saying recently, really, really recently that it was it Chris Frangiola was on here that was saying that like she needed to come up with some crazy amount of material in like the week leading up to her tonight show appearance. I don't know how those two things go together, but apparently it was some critical huh. I don't know if she like worked dirty or something like that. Yeah, well you have to work clean yeah. minutes. super clean huh. on the
2: tonight show. I mean no. uh more recently, what about um Charlie Murphy? From he was just I don't know if he Just was an average, ordinary, uh, everyday brother of Eddie Murphy. Yeah, he, but he was—he was, <laughs> yeah, that's <it>. he was <laughs> sort of featured guy. on on the Chappelle Show. But then after the Chappelle Show, when he took off with
3: with uh, the Rick James, the Rick James, game. thank you. Yeah,
2: he was—he went from pretty much too our quickly, level probably. to headlining, probably too quickly yeah. for his own good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But he—but yeah. he was able to pull it off. Yeah. Like he he toured until he passed away. So it's it may, it is scary to be like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't tour or try this if I had a family, but there's obviously there's, if you, the cool thing, is, like the tough part for me is when you try to plan something It like, I, I get stressed out and I, I get kind of stuck when you kind of have to do something. You see what's possible. Like you see, oh, yeah, you could do this. You just, you're just you going to have to sacrifice a little bit. Yeah. yeah it does absolutely. make it
1: easier. I was watching a basketball game last night, and I don't know how many of you guys are basketball fans. Uh, Go Celtics. Draymond Green got the ball with like four seconds left in the shot clock, and he is not a skilled offensive player. And he just fucking turned around and hit a fadeaway. And the announcer quite rightly pointed out that if you had given him the ball with twenty seconds on the shot clock, he never would have taken that. He would have thought about pass, 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 fuck, I'll shoot it. Yeah. The fact that he got the ball with three seconds on the shot clock meant yeah. it liberated Draymond Green to fucking play like LeBron James. Because he had no choice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that probably is the reason that he made the shot. If it was like, Look, dude, you're you are you are headlining. Yeah. Right. If I told you to write fifty minutes of jokes this week, you couldn't do it. If I told you you're headlining a week from now, you probably still can't do it, but you'll come a hell
2: of a lot closer. Right. Absolutely. And that's why speaking not to not to uh, kiss at your feet, but that's why I really enjoy the dojo a lot because it's inspiring for comedians like me. I'm six months in, but we go there and there's Whitney Cummings. I saw Joe Rogan there. I've seen Sam Tripoli there. I've seen Jackie Fab. I've like the list goes on and on, and. It shows you that even when you get to that level, you still have to continue and go and work stuff out. And, exactly. And so when you get that last minute shot, it's not like you're like throwing it up and have no idea what's happening. You have the experience, you have the talent to do it, and that like it's it's a really cool thing about that place.
0: Yeah. What's well, just like a pro athlete? They still have to go out there and work out and run and, and condition their body to to perform at the you know the highest level. It's different Comed- than, than
3: musicians
0: you know, yeah, like I mean, there's I've, a, there's I've a heard you get to a level yeah.
3: if you're in a rock band you where then you are playing to arenas you're playing to a track you could you know you yeah, have a big enough track. catalog that you can just kind of go out and do your hits yeah uh you know the up-and-coming band's still hungry and like you, you could see them playing you yeah know, they put it in the pa doesn't necessarily work out the same <laughs> way for you but that's no, that's one of the most to me it's been one of the most exciting aspects of trying to get into comedy is that even as shitty as i am as a beginner uh you watch, like like lee said i'll watch whitney cummings work stuff out Yeah, you know like slugging she, it away there's yeah. no there's no pyro there's yeah. no uh yep. pre-recorded anything she can't go back to her favorite hits yep. that everybody loves she has to go out and slug it out the same way she did probably 10 years ago
0: yeah dude she walks up there with a notebook and a pen yeah. like just like any any starter anybody i mean there's the uh it the movie comedian with jerry seinfeld back in like early 2000 Yeah, him
1: and Orny Adams, right? Yeah, and
0: he's up there on stage. You know, Jerry Seinfeld. Whether you you love him or not, he's you know Seinfeld. He's up there with his notes on stage. Jerry Seinfeld just eh, going through it. You know, taking his, his bullet points. And a lot of comics still do that. You know, they have their phone, they have their notebook. Some of them, like me, I use a lot of improv. You know, I record a lot of my shows, but I use improv in between, and then I have someone take notes or tags. And I say, okay, that works. Work on that. Tweak it this way.
3: You record your shows, Tully?
1: Um, I always bring the shit, and then I always forget to do it, and then always somebody else is trying to figure out their shit and can't figure it out because I have a little stand I can use for my yeah. phone. Basically, what I'm saying is, I always end up recording somebody else's show as a <laughs> wow. favor to them and yeah. forget to do it for myself. It's well, funny. and then there's two levels because you got to record yourself, but then you also have to have the guts to listen. Well, that's that's, to really, that's yeah. the funny yeah. thing. It's like I've spent
3: yeah. damn near what almost. 15 years of listening to myself mm-hmm. uh, being on the radio, I have no problem hearing myself talk extemporaneously. I really, I've gotten past, oh, my voice sounds so so, so I, I It doesn't even affect me anymore. Yeah. I have the hardest time listening to myself do comedy. It's something about c- being, something contrived. It, it makes it so much harder. It's like this is a creative idea that I brought out and I'm presenting okay. and I thought this up. and. This is how I want it to be, and then this is how it actually unfolded, and now i'm going to listen. It's totally different than just riffing on the radio
1: well, I think it's yeah. you can be really um to me it's that I feel like I sound for the most part fluid on the radio, so there's yeah. not a whole lot of like cringy moments, and I'm not nearly as fluid doing stand up. I compare it to like if you ever went and played basketball at the Y and like had a good game and hit a couple shots uh, in your mind you kind of sort of look like a guy on TV you look like but, Kevin Durant yeah. but if you were to record <laughs> it and look at it you would be so disappointed cuz yeah. and that's what more often it's almost easier for me to listen to the sets that don't go well because i know they didn't go well and i yeah. listen to it back and i'm like yeah that sucked it's it's when i actually think that i did well and i'm like i was just to- i was in total command up yeah. there it's funny and you, say to that. It yeah. it's funny you see that. back it's funny you see that because yeah.
3: remember when we went in Santa Barbara. Right. Yes. And there was no one there laughing and no one trying at all to present themselves as a, a, a an audience at a comedy show. Right. I had no problem listening back to that. Well, it And yet when I went to I was at the Dojo one night and it went relatively well for me, people were laughing and I got a good reaction. I was like, I don't really want to listen to this. I'll yeah. just keep this idea in my head. <laughs> well, there's no uh
2: response when you're listening to yourself on a radio or a podcast. You you don't know how you you hope that the audience is enjoying it, right? But yeah. you don't have that immediate. You can hear when you're doing stand up not only the laughter, but you can hear. I meant to say this there or I forgot that tag and that's why they didn't laugh like that. Yeah. I can it,
1: often hear people ordering drinks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a yeah, great clang, sign. Yeah, clang
0: and ice. <laughs> yep.
1: If you can hear the ice, it's probably if not going that well. Yeah,
0: that's that's bottom of the barrel right there. If you hear the ice <laughs> getting scooped you're like
3: fuck. There's 60 people in here and all I hear is ice getting scooped. Yeah. Another dope sidekick is Kid Rock's midget.
2: Oh, Josie! Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was pretty sweet. Kid Rock had a midget. Yeah. I didn't even know yeah. that. Oh my goodness! How old are you? I know Kid Rock. I was. When did he? Dude, did, a, a just, midget had
1: Kid Rock. Yeah.
2: <laughs> when did he get? When did the midget and then and uh, Kid Rock go their separate ways? No. Uh, uh, unfortunately, passed Josie passed away. Yeah. Oh, I'm and sorry. We Joe. shouldn't
1: be saying midget at all, particularly oh, Josie. Josie. No, he wasn't even a little person. Yeah. Oh, really? He used to wear a fucking t shirt on stage that just said "Not a midget." Yeah. But he you, had some. Who's or something? Yeah, he had like some fatal Emmanuel Lewis type thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: but he was three foot nine with a six foot dick. Is that it? Yeah, according yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah, according to him. Yeah. Which would be that'd that be like like a duck dick. Yeah, yeah.
3: That, that could have been part of his. Also know. congenital. Yeah, yeah, all sorts <laughs> of <laughs> part of his demise. All sorts of things. Yeah, long so he was like confidence. Eric, Eric the actor, like on Stern. He was he had that kind of stuff. Like where I don't, don't know was, exactly,
1: but right. yeah, right, right, right. Uh, yeah, no, he's probably better than all the rest of these people. Paul Schaefer, somebody here wants to defend Paul Schaefer. I
3: I thought. Yeah. He, he, he's tremendously talented musically. Yeah. A lot of people think Absolutely. he's just that guy that but no, Paul Schaefer was um was was wacko wacko talented. Um and I think like, you know, he he wasn't a comic and so he didn't try to and but he would he, I like Paul Schaefer because he was plenty happy making fun of himself. He would always yeah. be in skits and stuff, being the idiot kind of. Yeah, uh, he knew his place. I'm down with that. Yeah. I, anybody he who has enough place. comedy, uh, enough sense of humor about themselves to make fun of themselves, I'm okay.
1: with. Uh, Garth from Wayne's World. I like Garth. I liked him. Waylon Smithers. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what's so crazy about that? Because now I'm working my way back through The Simpsons with my six-year-old son, and you know, <laughs> times, are, times are always changing, but times are really changing at the moment, and we know about the controversy with Apu and yeah. Hank Azaria yeah. might not even do The Voice anymore. That's insane. But <laughs> the joke the joke with Waylon Smithers was that he was gay. I mean, for the first 10 yeah. years of the show, that right. was the joke. To the extent yeah. that, I, Lee, here's how old I am, I can remember my friends Because the Simpsons started a little bit more conventional. Got a little bit weirder and more interesting in year two, in year three. People going like, "Did you notice that guy was was Burns? Like, yeah. Do you see what? The, are you getting it? Because it was like, sud- it, was it was a subtle thing that they were calling him out for being gay, and that one note alone was was funny. while at the same time, kind of. Humanizing his homosexuality in a way that, say, Three's Company had not.
3: No, that's a good, that's a good point.
1: <laughs> it was more nuanced, but that was that was the joke. Um, Doctor Watson of Sherlock Holmes fame. I don't really know anything about. Sherlock I was going to say I don't uh, know much about him. Um, Keith Richards. I don't
3: even really think he qualifies as. Uh, he. I don't necessarily know if he does either. But what does uh, Stephen Van Zandt qualify? Ooh. You know why? You know the difference being that That's the Rolling bad. Stones is a group. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen yeah. is a guy, mm-hmm. his guitar player, and yeah. the guy with the bandana who always comes up and does the duo vocals on the same mic. It's kind of his sidekick. They do kick. get to yeah. share a
1: mic, you're
2: right. Yeah.
3: Still no Clarence Clemens. No, he's not a Clarence.
2: Speaking of Seinfeld, I don't know if this is on your list, Who is it George or is it Kramer? Who do you think the sidekick is? Ooh, George. George is his George, sidekick. George, yeah. George? Kramer's
0: too out there to be a sidekick. Kramer's wacky neighbor. Yeah. Okay. Classic. Yeah, I mean, classic wacky neighbor. Classic yeah. wacky neighbor. He's yeah.
3: literally the neighbor. George's. And that
2: great. doesn't count as I, okay. Yeah. No. Love it's, George. It's a whole different. Well, because we'll what was, was special about show.
3: George is that he was kind of a sidekick. He was also kind of a foe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. none of them were actually really friendly. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, yeah. they were dicks yeah, they were. to they were. each other. They were. You know? No, I just see that show as if an ensemble
1: because they all had their storylines and shit like that. Um... Donkey from Shrek. I can give a fuck. Thank goodness my kid has not taken an interest in man, that. And probably odds on the greatest sidekick of all time, Chewbacca. Uh, Chewbacca's
3: sick. They, you can't yeah, argue I mean, honorable amazing. mention for Barf from. Uh, oh hell yeah! From Spaceballs. From Spaceballs. Now we're talking. Barf was pretty dope. Yeah, he was. John Candy. Yeah.
0: Half man, half dog. Yeah. I'm a mog. I'm my own best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Spaceballs (laughs) holds up
1: okay. It does. I I I spent uh, a couple days trying to convince my kid that UHF was going to be the greatest movie of all time. He didn't like it. Nice. You know what's funny? He's just old enough that he's laughing at all the jokes because he wants to be cool with me. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. It's more so he likes it. I'm I'm sad to say that it only took like 30 years for me to start to see really the holes in Weird Al's movie. Yeah,
3: yeah. See, my daughter, my <laughs> daughter likes South Park, like legitimately likes it, but my wife won't let us watch it anymore. Right, Hannibal Burris does he qualify as a sidekick with Eric Andre? I always thought it was funny that his sidekick <laughs> was infinitely more po- uh, popular and famous. Yeah, I and, think
1: Eric Andre sort of closed that gap, but that was certainly one of the great jokes in the beginning is that Henel Burris was like 10 times fan- more <laughs> famous than Eric Andre. The show works on so many levels. Guys, we have to go. Uh, everybody, we are going to be doing Mojo at the Dojo this Tuesday, May 15th. Whitney Cummings, Theo Vaughn, Christina P., and more. And then going around the room, Mike, you are the Swole Patrol podcast. Yes. And at Mike Catherwood, you are at Lee Say at Church of What's Happening Now, Trevor. You are at Trevor Kevilo at the Dojo of Comedy. We good? Yeah. Sounds good. S-Y-A-T-T. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you. Thank you.